This is Short-Term Parking, and I'm Jack Prebeck. This is podcast number two. And uh, it's gone a little bit rougher than I expected, just uh, dealing with all the technology. I'm late to the party on the podcast, just like I'm late to the party on uh, most of what's going on in the digital realm. Today, what's on my mind is musical interaction. What is the future of musical interaction? What is the new normal? I hate the phrase, the new normal. But everybody's using it, and nobody knows what it is because it's in the future. And now is hard enough to figure out. But back to musical interaction. I did a thing not too long ago. I think it was in late November or early December. I started an Instagram page. It came to my attention that there was a... Uh, healthy community a large community of guitar players on instagram and it seemed like a natural format for a guitar player to just uh, kind of show off what he does in little one minute segments it was almost tailor-made for guitar players so i started doing these little videos daily where i just do a little improvisational guitar playing I've got a looper pedal, and usually what I do is I set up a little loop, and then I play on top of it for a minute, and I record a longer video, which I release elsewhere. It's just a little fairly organic musical interlude, but I'm not playing with other players. I'm interacting with myself. I record a little loop, and then I play along to it. So it's an imitation of interaction. Something I'm not unfamiliar with, I've recorded an album where I take real drum tracks that a drummer recorded in a studio in England, and then I add a bass part on top of that and several guitar parts, and I write a song around the drum track. But once again, I'm in a way, interacting with a drummer that recorded his part earlier, but I'm not, you know, it, it's not the same as sitting in a room and playing with other musicians. Anyway, on my Instagram feed, most of the people that subscribe to me and most of the people that I subscribe to are other musicians. And there's any place you go on the web as a musician where you're trying to promote your music you end up following friending interacting mostly with other musicians which is not the best scenario it's not the healthiest uh, situation for the furtherance of the music because you're not getting a lot of feedback from people who are actually listening to music, consuming the music for the sake of the music. Rather, you're going back and forth with people who are there promoting their own product. And this is very different from the way things were done for thousands of years, probably. A musician would 
take his wares out in front of people and basically you get instant feedback. You play a song, people like it or they don't. They clap or they walk away. They spend their money at the bar or they go down the road to the next whiskey bar, what have you, whatnot. Playing live is the last, has been the last bastion of what has traditionally been the process. Play music, see if people like it. And of course now, like so much other stuff that's gone by the wayside temporarily, is it going to be affected you know, negatively in the long term? How long is it going to be till it gets back to normal? Nobody knows. But on my Instagram there, I get a lot of musicians and they'll show a post of where they were playing at a club or a concert or something. And invariably they say, I can't wait to get back to doing this. Meaning playing live in front of an audience. Me, I got to be honest with you, I'm not too jazzed up about that. Uh, I've spent most of my life playing gigs and I really slowed down on it, uh, I guess about three years ago now. I don't miss driving around in the middle of the night. I don't miss toting a bunch of gear. And honestly, I have to say to myself, I don't miss interacting musically with a lot of the musicians I had been playing with and I spent a lot of my life playing cover music just to get a little bit of spending money and a lot of times it's not the most creative situation uh, you end up being the organ grinders monkey as an old friend of mine put it but if I believe my uh, comrades on the Instagram, they're missing it a lot. They're missing getting out there and selling some beer through their musical vibrations that they send through the air. And I do empathize with them because I have spent 40 plus years playing music. And to be truthful, there are times... When you find uh, fellow travelers, kindred souls, and you're playing music and you interact and something happens that is not easily explainable, makes you feel good, makes the audience feel good, you can't put your finger on it, there's something going on in the musical conversation, in the notes in the air, in the atmosphere, in the room and beyond. It's the great mystery. It's why you did it in the first place. Going back to the times you played under the pavilion in the park for free and all of a sudden a crowd would gather around. Out of nowhere, they would just start gathering and you would see people dancing to your extended jams on a Allman Brothers-like E chord to A chord progression. And there was love in the air and all of a sudden you'd look over to your buddy 
and he would play a little lick and all of a sudden it would kick things into another gear and you would go into the stratosphere and play over your head playing things that you could not rehearse playing things that you could never practice in your upstairs room with the hardwood floor and your little tube amp cranked screaming into the void because nobody was listening and there was nobody playing along to interact with during those times. No, you longed for the special times when you and your crew would get together and lay it down, so to speak, and create the musical magic. And the bikers would be there in force with their old ladies at the keg party out in the middle of the woods where somebody had built a large wooden stage and there was... PA equipment that magically appeared and there was some guy named Snake that used to be a roadie for Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young and he set everything up and would run the sound for you and there would be children running around with bandanas and people picnicking and drinking TJ Swans or Boone's Farm fortified wine and marijuana smoke wafting through the air. And for the moment, the troubles of the world would fade away and things would be good. But that was a long time ago. And I don't know how much of that really happens anymore or how much of it ever really did. And I wonder where the musical interaction is going to happen and if it's going to happen in the future. I got fooled on the old Instagram. A lot of my compatriots were posting clips of uh, what they call collab videos where they uh, collaborate with other musicians out in the ether. And I saw a couple of these and I was like, I said to myself, I said, I don't think those guys are really playing together in real time. There's some kind of voodoo digital trickery going on here. There must be. That doesn't seem like guys playing together at the same time. And sure enough, they're using an app called Acapella that allows them to... One one person will record their performance on video, and it's... uh, basically video multi-track recording somebody else will the next guy down the line the next player down the line will record their part on top of that but it's changing it's not people getting together in a room and playing and you could make the case that when multi-track recording came around it changed the uh quality and quantity of musical interaction between individuals, between different players, a conversation with oneself. Not to say that there haven't been great things done with that. There's been phenomenal one-man band recording juggernauts. Stevie Wonder, Todd Rundgren come to mind, and a host of others, but those guys, those musicians all grew up 
all came up playing, interacting with other players live in a room. And will that continue as we move on down this lonesome digital highway? It's anybody's guess. And I'm probably not the one to make a prediction, but I can, uh, I've been around long enough to look at the past. And the old saying is, as things change, they change at a faster rate. So we don't know what's coming next. Could be some kind of new movement. Could be the new punk. Could be the new hip-hop. Who knows? Who knows? Bring it on. We could be standing on the banks of a river, staring out over a brave new world. I have uh, got to the point where I can hardly watch the news. I tune in for the numbers. And a lot of the things I'll do normally during the day, like maybe listen to a podcast when I'm washing the dishes or something like that, a lot of them are falling flat for me at this time. These times that try men's souls. Uh, so I've been listening to a lot of music as I go about my day-to-day and homeschooling my six-year-old son. We have music playing in the background. And I find more and more that I want to listen to uh, instrumental music or as it was originally known, music. I find the words get in the way. Not really in the mood for a bunch of uh, love songs or, God forbid, the rare protest song. So I've been listening to music without words. And I made a little short list of a few things that I've listened to in the last week that uh, I found interesting. I listened to the new Joe Bonamassa record which is an instrumental album, sort of a a love note to Danny Gatton, a love letter to Danny Gatton, and that's a good thing, because Danny Gatton, one of my favorite players. And I think it's, uh, to me, the most interesting thing I've heard Joe Bonamassa do. He is uh, in a sort of strange situation. He's a guitar player that makes music for guitar players primarily and he is a polarizing figure among the guitar community a lot of people don't like him and a lot of people love him but this new record he did it's uh, with a band ostensibly a band he's put together called the Sleep Easies And it's a break away from his normal commercial money-making situation, blues, rocking kind of a thing that he does. They even do a cover of, uh, I believe the song's called Rambunctious. It was originally recorded by the Red Norvo Trio with Tal Farlow on guitar and perhaps made more famous by... Hank Garland, 
who did an album. He put it on an album called Jazz Winds from a New Direction back in the early 60s. Kind of a guitar uh, cult classic. Uh, admirable that somebody like Joe would take a stab at covering that song. I was also listening to Weather Report, the lost live tapes, which is interesting because I never knew when I was listening to a Weather Report album how much actual improvisation was going on, if any. And these live, uh, the live tapes, I think they're board tapes. Uh, They're not... uh, you know, recording-wise, up to the quality of a studio-controlled environment. But there's really interesting stuff there. Uh, Joe Salanil and Jaco Pastore is duking it out. And Wayne Shorter playing, uh, a lot of times, a real subdued role, but then coming out with a lot of fire. And... One thing that really stands out, I believe it was Peter Erskine playing drums, and he just uh, plays with a lot of force and fury. Also listened to a Booker T and the MGs album called Doing Our Thing. Uh, My son is six years old, and he was asking me where we came up with the name for our dog, Booker, and it was because when we were driving him home uh, the first time, Booker T and EMG's Green Onions came on the radio, and uh, I thought that'd be a good name for a dog, Booker. So I was playing Booker Booker T and EMG's for my son, so he knew where that came from, and he enjoyed it. He was dancing around the room, and I had never listened to the Doing Our Thing album before and still don't really know anything about it. But uh, it was real interesting to me because it wasn't one with uh, a big hit song on it, so it was really neat to hear how the band played together on stuff that you haven't heard a million times. also listened to Chico Hamilton Quintet featuring Buddy Collette, which is a classic record from the late 50s. Chico Hamilton was a drummer, and the music that uh, is on this record, a lot of people describe it as chamber jazz, which is an interesting format because there's specific written sections you know, like uh, classical chamber music, and then there are places where there is some improvisational jazz going on. A fantastic album. Jim Hall playing guitar, one of my all-time favorites, a standout, and there's a song called Blue Sands, which is just sublime. And I got to thinking about this idea of chamber jazz and I went back and listened to I mentioned Wayne Shorter weather report so maybe I was on that kick I listened to an album that Wayne Shorter put out last year called Eminon which is uh, no name spelled backwards 
and I believe Mr. Shorter was 85 or 86 when this thing was released, and it is just a phenomenally gorgeous record. It's a, a double album, and the first half of it is more of this chamber jazz sort of type thing and recorded with the Orpheus Chamber Orchestra which I'd seen before I'd seen that uh, seen the name the Orpheus Chamber Orchestra and I looked into it and there's a real interesting story behind that but uh, it's inspiration that uh, Wayne Shorter is still creating great music and it's one of the best things I've heard in a long, long time. Eminon, Wayne Shorter. I also listened to an album called Characters by John Abercrombie, who's a guitar player. Every time I hear him, I go, I need to listen to John Abercrombie more. And then weeks, months go by, and then I listen to John Abercrombie, and I say, you know, I need to listen to him more. And also listen to a playlist on Spotify of Django Reinhardt and Stefan Grappelli, which is uh, the first music that uh, my son really reacted to when he was a little baby. There was a documentary came on about Django, and I was holding him in my arms as he was sleeping, and he woke up and started tapping his foot a little bit. So that's where uh, my head has been at with music lately. And of course, like everybody going through this period of social distancing, we've all heard about uh, shortages of toilet paper and whatnot. I noticed a few things I didn't expect uh, where there were shortages. Uh, since I'm not going to the gym every day, I wanted to buy a kettlebell and I could not find one on Amazon. And I finally found the last kettlebell at another retailer, and it was a 15-pound one. I was looking for actually an 18-pound and a 25-pound because I read some article that recommended those weights for uh, my age, strength, conditioning, and general situation, and boy, am I glad that they didn't have those other two, because this 15-pound one has kicked me around relentlessly. Also, school books. We homeschool my young son. He was in the kindergarten level this year and had just finished pretty much all of his workbooks and textbooks for the kindergarten course, which sounds odd even just saying it. So I looked around for the next level for him, some first grade stuff, and there was a lot of back orders, of course. People are, everybody's homeschooling now. So, hey, welcome to the party. Lastly, we uh, went to the garden center the other day to pick up plants and seeds. We looked around online and could not find sufficient seeds for our garden. And uh, went to the garden center at the Home Depot. 
and it was just a surreal vibe because I believe it was on a Tuesday evening, probably 5 o'clock, 4.30 around that time, and the place was crowded. Uh, the roads were crowded. I was expecting a ghost town, but it was not. And it was sort of a surreal experience buying plants in the garden center while everybody was trying to maintain the proper social distance, I think I saw. I would estimate about a third of the people wearing masks. So I wonder what the uh, on-the-ground actual social distancing situation is like in other areas. We are in a semi-rural area. And it's a little different than what I expected. And so that's what I have for you today. Episode number two, short-term parking in a can. If you're listening, I hope you're doing well. And I'm going to leave you with a little guitar looper piece improv thing I did this morning. I was thinking of wide open spaces. Take care.